the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one praise god Father, I ask that you be lifted here. Amen. In our midst, you are the reason we praise. You are the reason we praise. You give us songs in the night. In dark times, you give us songs. Songs of light. Thank you. Thank you for access to the Holy Spirit. For the great gift of your life within us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, good God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We have a hope and we have a future because we have you. Thank you. This night we ask for open eyes, open ears, and open hearts and mouths. We ask for your power to be present to accomplish your will. Open our ears that we might hear like a disciple. Open our lips that we might speak as one instructed. Everywhere your people are, visit them right there. It's such fun to see, such fun to see. It is such fun to see, such fun to see. Acknowledge it. May we see it manifest here in our midst. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may have your seats in the name of Jesus. So, welcome to this evening's Bible study. If at any time you have a question, online or in person, send it in. Let me make a comment about questions. You know, so like the other day we had, I think it was Sunday or Friday. But most times we take questions mainly on Wednesdays because it's a Bible study day and uh, that's part of it. The other part is that, um, you know, we would like you to focus on asking questions about the things we study. We study so many different things. So as much as possible, um, as God gives us grace, I know we answer many questions before they are asked. The Holy Spirit often will whisper, 
questions that is in someone's heart. That's why you might have a question at the beginning, and then by the time we are done, the questions are gone. Yes, that's um, because the Spirit knows the secret things. It knows your heart. But as much as possible, if you also pay attention more and focus on what you're hearing and give heed, you and think of how the things you're hearing might affect your day-to-day -day life, you probably will have questions pop up. At such times, you just note them down. You can raise your hands and ask them with uh, on the microphone when we're asking for questions, or you write them in, which is even better. Write them in. If you don't have paper, you can indicate to an usher. They'll pass you paper and you write the question and send it in, even far ahead. The reason we should ask questions is because in Jesus' meetings, questions were asked. And he didn't say, why should you ask a question? Just take it the way it is. No. Another reason you should ask questions is because it's how people learn. Whether you ask it out or you ask it internally, and you go look for a book and read, looking for the answer. So in these days, you have the internet. You go on the internet, and you search out answers. Answers are remembered better when it was a question. When there's no question in your head or mouth, even if you're given the answer, you probably may not retain it because it was not a question to you. It is why someone can be around information for the longest time, and then at some point, they start, it's happened so many times around me, and you see someone coming to ask you questions about things you've spoken about so many times, and you look at them in amazement. Didn't you hear me talk about this thing? Why on earth are you asking? I talked about this so many times. Didn't you hear when it was said? You know, and the truth is because it was no question to them. Or let me use an example you'll agree with better. You know, many young ladies here right now, someday you'll be married as God wishes, hopefully, and you have questions about maternity, about parenting. Same thing with any other thing. Young people walking around, then they're about to start, start university education, tertiary education of some sort. And suddenly they're asking questions, how do you write this? Uh, this lecturer, what does he usually set exams? Because it's now a question to you. So I understand that weakness of humanity that tends to wait till something is pressing before they pay attention. I guess the real question, therefore, is what is pressing to you? What is important? What is urgent? What is necessary? What is a big deal? What is? And sometimes if you ask, answer that right, you get to make it become pressing to you. Learn to identify what should be urgent and pressing then you will have a lot of questions in your head. As an example would be, what was I created for? Why am I on earth? We have questions like that. Were you here to get a good job, make money? Look at the number of people that run in and out all over the world, this country, especially. Serious brain dream and all of that happening. And running outside the country to go get jobs. Now, many of those people say they are born again, they prayed and fasted to succeed and all of that. But I'm sure many of them will be hard-pressed to be able to explain why they exist or why God picked them and dropped them in Nigeria. Why he didn't put their soul in a Canadian body. 
they, they don't even think like this at all. And believe it or not, someday there's going to be a lot of answering to God. Not just because you went somewhere without his approval, but maybe more from the fact that you are willing to drop your calling for money, which is the greatest reason why they move, no matter what long story they tell. You can only deceive yourself with people. When you stand in front of God, all those theories will <laughs> evaporate in a hurry. <clears throat> so the major reason is people are looking for a better life and all that. But the truth is, often times, except in seasons of exile, God puts people where he wants them. That's why he puts you there. Even in your family, your parents and all that. Say, so, no, why did God let me to be born into this kind of family? For a reason. Now, a wise person will spend time finding out the reason. Starts with being born again. Then thereafter, you inquire. You ask. If you're not too busy praying about money and material things, you spend the time asking, Father, so what? And he will show you that the reason you were put here was to develop certain capacities. You could have been put in a poor family where you had to struggle to eat. You learn to endure hunger for long periods. You're tough in ways that some people cannot even imagine. You could have that. It is, some of you have probably realized it, that some of the best students in school and some of the best successes in business and the rest are people from very humble backgrounds. By that, I don't mean spiritually humble. I mean physical uh, circumstances, poverty. Because there's a toughness in them that can allow them keep things and survive on very frugal means, very little while saving this to store and increase and go and buy not just cups of brown nuts, but to buy a bag because the returns will be so much better. But someone who is used to comfort cannot, if they have a certain amount of money, they cannot endure. There's no way to ever build up. And also the drive to pull themselves out of that situation they have found themselves. You know, it, so there's what poverty will do for someone. So many, many people that are doing very well. When you hear about many Nigerians, many that left struggle and they go to those foreign countries in the West, especially, they tend to do well because they are willing to do things. That people that were born in that country are like, ah, oh, no, can't do that. Just like many of these are people there cannot, won't do what they do there, here. You don't know? How many people here walk in a mortuary? How many people do you know that walk in a mortuary? How many people do you know that would be involved in a funeral home? How many funeral homes are there? How many people will be going around to old people's homes and cleaning them up when they mess up themselves? Even if the job is here and they say they'll pay well, how many people openly do such things? Many people here, your own parents will tell you, don't even try it. Don't bring shame to me. But that's what many of your people outside the country are doing. They're doing all sorts of incredible things. Not criminal activity, but very lowly things. And they may get paid well for it because the people there too don't want to do it. But the whole point is they wouldn't do it here. It's not about what we can do. It's about circumstances. So they look at themselves and say, we don't do this. We'll be thrown out into the cold. We might die of hunger. Might freeze to death. Things might be very tough with us. So 
they make a choice that they will not allow anything stand between their way and success now i'm saying that many people that came from difficult circumstances have that mindset and that may be why god allowed you to be born into that family knowing that you will have a strength and a drive and the ability to overlook what people might call shame and so on to achieve things when you hear that bishop benson dahosa was thrown away on a dustbin pile on a rubbish dump who has heard this before so you say oh benson dahosa you want to have papa dahosa papa dahosa archbishop dahosa 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 you think that name did not exist before he was born does that name not exist after he's born but you see how someone takes a name and owns it even after he's gone the name you, you say dahosa you think one person then maybe you may think of someone else they have to explain whoever tells you the name without explaining it will be told are you serious you have to speak clearly it is presumed if you say dahosa it is one person how many years he died in the 90s but where did he come from they threw him away have you seen these rubbish dumps on the road rubbish pile they threw him away on it i don't know how long he was there before the mother whoever sneaked behind and went and picked him again that his background is not happy if he spent his time walking around the earth saying god why why did you allow that happen to me my past that was his past god's not as interested in your past as you think he's interested in your present and future and unfortunately to get to the present you have to pass through the past and that past has a role to play the choices you make with that past are what will determine your future if you choose to let the past to be your excuse to gripe and complain and grumble and murmur and blame god and blame parents and blame people and blame the government instead of taking that past and using it as a weapon instead of weaponizing your experiences converting it into a reason to do good and to give god glory imagine if joseph joseph was a favored child he was the first son of the not just preferred wife the intended wife a man has a goal to marry a woman her name was rachel they deceive him give him the first daughter after he works for the man for seven years seven years seven and the man says i will give you my second daughter but you must work for me for seven years again and he gave him maybe the next day or so he didn't wait for seven more years he gave him immediately but seven years of more labor had to go into it 14 years of work he, his original wife at no time did he want to marry Leah. he was strict it was forced upon him now this is the child of that wife who after giving birth to the second benjamin passed away he passed away 
Now, if you're going to be left alone without a wife that you favored, then at the very least, you are going to take solace in anyone that reminds you of that person. So who do you have? You have Joseph. Do you think he likely looked like his mother in some form? Yes, she was very pretty, good looking. And there he is, a small boy. A young lad, was a young lad. And then there's this little one here who is a baby. And here's this young boy without a mother. <laughs> a young boy without a mother. Who do you think that boy will be around the most? Naturally, his father had... The other ones were children of Leah. Okay, fine and good. Reuben, son of my friend. But there's the other ones from the children of the servants to this woman. Then there's this one, the original child that should have come. He should have been the first. With the blood of Rachel inside him. And then he's without a mother. Do you think you hang around daddy a lot? Do you think daddy might be inclined to say, Come Joseph, how are you? Because the other ones have their mothers. This one has no mother. Are you understanding why Joseph had to be close to the father? He had no mother. The other one was a baby. Growing up and coming. So he'll be close. Naturally, he'll be holding the child a lot. Imagine that child walking around crying every time. Mommy, mommy, where's my mommy? I want my mommy. Naturally, the father and the father will be grieving with him. So there was a basis for a very strong bond. All right. Now this boy goes on to be special, I guess, because he's around his dad too a lot, you know. And apart from that, God's intention before the foundation of the world. So he's obedient and yielded and more honest and had more integrity. There's something about being the child of a slave. If God doesn't remove the mentality of a slave from you, you will tend to keep acting. And that's how many of God's children still behave. That's how the children of Israel behaved when they left the land of Egypt. They had the brain of a slave. The Bible says if you speak to a slave in the book of Proverbs, said he will not listen. Say, though you speak to them, they will not hear. There seems to be something wrong with the mind of someone who does not see themselves. It says, though he hears you, he will not heed, like as though he has some form of blockage in his mind. This is a state. You want them to get to hear certain things, they are going to have to go beyond that place. They are going to have to come to the place where they see themselves as more than something that was rejected or so or sold. It's why the sonship message in the body of Christ was so popular that it was open to being abused. It was open to abuse because people are so insecure. People are so insecure. And uh, it makes them act certain ways, which 
they shouldn't act. All right, but Joseph was not like that. He was sure his father loved him. So it's really important that uh, all of you must, after you become a child of God, you must understand even before you're saved that God loves you. How much more when you have come to the Lord? God loves you and he is going to help you if you will allow him. But if you will not allow and you keep saying, why was my condition so? Why was I made? The, why am I the child of a slave? Why, 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 why? Bitterness makes you bad. Bitterness. Take your eyes off the past and be interested in what you can learn from it. Joseph did. Joseph did. Those sons of his mother's slaves, they, they threw him into a pit. They wanted to kill him conveniently. It shows you how evil they were. They were willing to kill him and he was thrown into a pit and sold. If you see the people that did not want them to kill him, apart from a sense of responsibility had by Reuben, apart from that, he also was not the son of a slave. Was the son of Leah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So, But the main reason I was talking about Joseph is because he often went into slavery and became a slave. He could dwell on it and become bitter. He didn't. He refused to become bitter. He got better. He learned to serve. He learned all the things he didn't learn in his father's house. He didn't fixate, focus endlessly on how things could be. He focused on how things were and made the best of it. He's a slave, imprisoned wrongly, but he's busy looking at people's faces and saying, why do you look so sad? Tell me, maybe I can help you. And they said, oh, I had a dream. He interprets it. He says, tell me, maybe God will give me an interpretation. He is in trouble and he's trying to help people in trouble. Who were, that baker was guilty, of course. The butler wasn't. Why do king's uh, servants go to jail? Because likely they've tried, they're part of an assassination or coup attempt, typically. So why were there people who gave the king food? Because the easiest way to kill a king was to poison his food. So there had been a suspicion. Maybe they gave a dog the food to taste and he died. And they said, hey, why are the two people responsible for the king's food? The baker and the butler, his wine and his bread. So off to prison while they were checking it out, while they were investigating. And of course, the findings was, oh, the wine server, the butler, was not... Guilty. It's not the wine that killed. <laughs> Whatever died. <laughs> it's the bread. <laughs> Come here, guy. What did you put inside? Arsenic. That's why his head was lifted from me. Okay, it wasn't for fun. They separated his head from his body because he was trying to bury someone before their time. All right. So that's and so Joseph was there looking at these people and assisting them. Joseph wasn't fixated on his trouble. He, had, he went on to become a very hard-working person in a prosperous household of Potiphar and the prison conditions. He was put in charge in both. So he knew how to 
serve in abundance. Fast forward to the future, seven years of plenty. He knew how to handle abundance. And seven years of famine, he knew how to handle. That was his school. Your home is your school. From your home. Then on to many. Now there are people that will say, don't tell me any such thing. I cannot see any good from some of what I've gone through. I agree. A lot of what you may have gone through may have been evil. You may have even contributed to some of that evil yourself actively. Or you may have not had a say. You may have been oppressed terribly. But do you realize that while you're going through whatever you're going through, your heart, you're developing a certain kind of heart. You may say, yes, a very hard heart. Fine and good, a very hard heart. Now, if you've given that heart to Jesus and he has softened it, you have undergone a process of heart softening. And this is not a slightly tough heart. This is a super hard heart. And you have seen that Jesus can soften a hard heart. You know something that if someone stands before you in the days ahead and says, God cannot save someone like me. You know what I've been through. You look at them and smile. Say, have you ever heard the story of my heart? You have acquired an ability that many others may not have. We all are people who experience different things. Even though there may be some similarities, there's a mixture, a combination of outcomes. We must allow the state of our heart or our nature to mix in appropriately if we mix in with what the word of God says appropriately when the word of God comes to us and it we receive it Joseph said it with his mouth he said you meant it for evil he didn't say I meant it for good he said God meant it so two people meant something are you tracking Two people meant something. One were his siblings. Some siblings meant it. When Reuben came by, he was, oh, where's the child? He had stepped away briefly when they sold him. He wouldn't have allowed him to be sold. You think it's not God that made him? And no one can question the trip that Joseph took. Not, not after you know what happened. No one can question it and say, oh, that Joseph should have not gone off into slavery. We know very well. Joseph told them, you meant it. So there are usually at least two people that mean something. I was reading a testimony by one of our people. He's serving. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not sure. Sorry. Maybe as I keep speaking, I may remember who it is. But the person was commenting on a thing like this and the person spoke about how they were told a certain thing and how they reacted to it. Someone can say something to you, you think a certain thing and you're like, this is how I react or you react a certain way. In the midst of that, God is doing his own thing. So the person was... Uh, yeah, I remember now. The person was uh, sacked. Not sacked. Given tough conditions of service. Okay, I'm going to employ you. Why don't you come work for me? I'll pay you this. And the person came in and was paid far less than what they were promised. I'm like, I thought you said you pay me this. And like, how can I pay you that? All sorts of things. So, you see, your heart 
So God hardens people's hearts towards people. And the person was tracking now because the person has this good opportunity and is all happy. Wow, things have looked up. And I, I wouldn't know all of that, but the person gave the history, you know. And this has taken maybe many months, maybe six, seven months. I, I can't tell. I know if it's, maybe it's up to a year, okay, in case I missed it. But the person point, was even pointing out, oh, when they told me, you know, I had told you and you said this. I was even surprised that you said this. And I recall faintly. I said, and you all, I also said, do I move here? And I said, will you leave your mother to you? Just one, two things like that. But the person took it all seriously now. I may not recall, this happens all the time, but the person acting now, it has opened doors to one, you know, very good opportunity. Just the whole point is the, the individual was tracking the places where God will harden someone's heart and they push you away. And doors that will shut in your face. And was analyzing beautifully how all these short doors landed me here. Now, if, I had, if any of these other doors had opened for me or I had pushed through into them forcefully, something I usually warn you guys about. Be careful which door you push through. You get to a door and you try it. Wiggle, wiggle. You pray about it, you wiggle. Leave it alone. Don't break, don't crash the door. Be careful what you force yourself into. You may force yourself into something and be successful as i often say if you are successful in what you should not be successful in you will it will be a source of great regret a source of great regret what example do i use okay let me use one that happened yesterday or so in the us or oh, just i don't know just happened recently <coughs> and the young lady on the internet reaches out to a, a man who catfishes her pretends to be something else and uh, he travels all the way it seems almost like the new york angle all the way to california axis from the east coast to the west coast of the united states and he gets there you know facebook or whatever you know love boyfriend girlfriend what just your generation knows. Now, we don't know the full story, so I'm not going to go into details. You never know what really happened, so let's leave it. But what's the situation right now? The girl is in protective custody. The man is dead because he was in a shootout with the police. Why was he in a shootout? Oh, because he killed the girl's grandparents and her mother. Does someone travel from the other end of America over to come and wipe out your family? Ah, ah, ah. Then kidnapping. I've been at love when I talk. For, for. You're talking of love. I love you. You love me. Wow. He has just wiped out your family. A police officer. If they are told that girl, and it's being said all the time, and you see this internet thing. Hmm. Leave human beings on it. She so said, I better go away. Old school. This is how we roll. Anyways, back to my illustration. People mean things for different things. The brothers of Joseph meant it for evil. Let's deal with this guy that has stupid dreams coming to tell us how he'll rule us.
thinks he's better than us. So let's avenge the insult. That's what they mean. When they turn away, will you take 30,000 naira as a salary? But you say you pay me 70. In our kind of line of work, you shouldn't pay me less than 90. Why would you pay me 30? Okay, if it's hard, will you pay me at least 50? That's what the other one. No, and the person is thinking he means, she means, if I can get you to work for me and pocket the other 30, 30 minus 20, 20 times 12, one year is 240,000. Huh? 240,000, I can add it to this. He means it, there's a, a, a motive in the person's mind when they are shutting that door in your face. But God has his own motive. God always has his own motive. And his motive, he means it for good. God means his own for good. He always means it for good. How does the Bible say in the book of Jeremiah? The thoughts I have towards you, they are thoughts of, of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. We look at that in one or two translations so that we can express it, you know. Okay? Yes. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Prosper. When you come across it, it does not mean money. It means progress. It does not mean cash. Throw away that thought. It's wrong. That's not what the word means. Okay, it means to succeed. How many of you want to succeed in your exams? So your lecturers will give you money on the last day? Good. So that success does not mean money. Have you heard me? If I say how many of you want to succeed in that business business endeavor you just invested in, I heard it means return on money. But success is not money. You can have a very successful life without money being involved. For I know the plans, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. So you see what I said earlier on, your present determines your future. A future and a hope. This is God's focus. What's God's focus? A future. Are you hearing me? Come on. God's focus is a future. Your focus is the present. Do you agree? Oh, we're always looking at our present. You want your present to be a certain way. You're excited about you, you want comfort in the present. But when you are honest, you agree that most things you do is with hope for a future that is better than the present. So you endure all sorts of things. You go and sit in class, suffer, stay in school. When family may have even told you there's no support, we can't support you anymore. You still endure all sorts of things because of the future you are hoping for. We do things for the future. 
the painful things, the difficult things, you do it in the present for the future. But it's not you. Hey, listen, you cannot determine the future. You don't hold the future in your hands. Many people have plans for the future that will not happen. Today, all over the world, there have been accidents. People have died. They won't see tomorrow. Your feelings about that are irrelevant. It is what it is. By the end of tomorrow, people that are your age, that were born on the same day with you, will be dead. Fact. Happens every day. Their future has arrived. Therefore, wise people commit their future into the hands of the one who will be in charge in the future. Did you hear what I just said? Human beings are in charge for very limited times. But those who are in the future, the one, there's one, his name is God. In whatever expression he reveals himself, he will be in charge. So he tells you, trust me, obey me, I've secured your future. People put money in cryptocurrencies, hoping for a better future. Some people, like me, say, don't do it. Not a good future, not good at all. Some people say, no, I will take care of my future by giving up what I'm holding in my present. For many of them, the future has come. It's not in the future anymore. The money is gone. No future there. No police, nothing. The worst you can do is assassinate the people involved. Between 28th October and day before yesterday, sir. How many days did that be? In a period, well, that's, I think that's an over a period of a few weeks. They found the dead bodies of three people that became very wealthy from cryptocurrency. One was fully dressed in his clothes, with his wallet in his pocket, so drowned. Maybe he went swimming with all his clothes. The other one died in his sleep. The other one, I can't remember. So someone was asking, what's happening to these cryptocurrency moguls? Why are they just dying strangely, some of them? A bit strangely. No, no. This one with close on someone else. But I'm just saying that um, maybe some people might be angry. Like, wait, so our money just disappeared like that. They corner you in the Caribbean, so somewhere, an island somewhere, you just find your body. Conspiracy theory. Don't mind it. 
it's coincidence but you put your hope in someone who does not control the future you hear me oh yes the one that crashed the other time i spoke about they say whether it was the largest contributor to joe biden or so whatever how much 16 billion dollars chicken change right only 16 billion boom con the future is in the hands of one listen but more than one show up and try to control your presence claiming to be able to influence your future what will you do about this give me another translation a future and a hope he says for i am conscious of my thoughts about you says the lord thoughts of peace and not of evil you meant it for evil joseph said to his brothers god meant it for good to give you hope at the end to give you hope at the end this is how god's mind works another says i will bless you with a future filled with hope a future of success not of suffering another says for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans for wholeness and not for evil to give you a future and a hope another says i alone know the plans i have for you plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster plans to bring about the future you hope for i know the plans that i have for you declares the lord they are plans for peace and not disaster plans to give you a future filled with hope do you like that you know what faith is faith is believing it faith is not have faith for money to marry for more faith is you believing this statement really where you have plans for my a future hope and you allowed my brothers sell me sell me where were you when they were selling me okay you have plans for my future and you allow this potiphar woman this witch this witch woman who cannot control her loss you allow her to set me up okay okay even if i believed you before so you allowed me to help that man interpret his dream i gave him a prophetic word that oh god you'll be released three days mm, if i'm a man of god three days remember me oh remember where the oil flows from remember remember me are you hearing me mr frank remember me remember the hand that fed you <laughs> remember he slid away the guy forgot him for two years more or less he forgot him completely i mean the guy had explained he has tried so he finally explained see this thing i didn't do it too. the man forgot him must have thrown a party with his wife and family forgot the person who gave him the word three days why be a man of God three days? <laughs> Joe stayed. He stayed on in prison. There he was, suffering as he used to suffer. Remembering daily. It's not just that I shouldn't be here. How many of you think that Joe had a pattern of misfortune? 
spiritual patterns. Have you heard that before? <laughs> Give me the names, please. It's long since I left normal church. Spiritual cycle. Say it full now. Don't just say cycle. Satanic cycles. Yeah. Do you think it just yeah? Yoke of stagnation. <laughs> Yoke of stagnation. You have something for me here? Rise and fall syndrome. <laughs> Near success syndrome. That that's the now Gabby that's um, <laughs> Every spirit of near success die by fire. <laughs> listen to me. There might be satanic. Listen carefully so you don't miss it in the excitement. There are yokes, captivities. I've explained this at different times. I was just sharing with someone the other day. There are levels of imprisonment. You can be locked. Chain your hands or your feet you can barely move or you can move a bit but you can be chained in stocks and you are in a prison that's two levels we've talked about this one time long ago before. two levels you can be broken free here free your legs but you're still in a prison you can't go beyond here these are the walls no more than this even though you are free on your person now some people are bound on multiple levels you know all levels then there are those you're free but restrained you're restrained there's restraints around you god wants not just to set the captive free but to lose lose those that are in prison Isaiah chapter 61 luke chapter 4 the lord says so that's what jesus came to do as far as the days go on and as happens many people don't understand there are many people what happened is that jesus set you free but you're still in prison understand it said no did they free me everything is a lie is it not obvious do you pay any attention to yourself don't look far look at yourself many christians born again that's why jesus said in john chapter 8 31 32 to all the way to 33 4 to Jews who be believers he said you will know the truth he will make you free so there's a freedom you enjoy at the justification stage there's a whole other freedom you enjoy at the sanctification stage oh, there were, were, were moves even till today certain groups, church groups <coughs> apostolic faith were amongst us because th that was the doctrinal uh, position they held you know similar to um Wesley may have held it a bit, but not as strongly. Since later on, it became very strong at Zusa Street, and they held on to this strong thing that there are two major encounters that a child of God is to have that is completely different. The first one is justification. The next one is sanctification as a separate work, you know, and you know, I think they're wrong, but they are understanding at the time. Uh, It helped them push further. So they would say that you have to press in, you know. I believe Apostolic Faith, again, if you know, that the Apostolic Faith lady came out straight from Azusa Street, was on their board of trustees. 
with William Seymour. So those beliefs didn't start with them, okay? They were held before. The idea is that you break out of this, then you enter a sanctification stage. And they say it's a different thing. And once you've entered it, you're free of this. And I don't agree that you're suddenly free. Even John Wesley that talked about, uh, you know, uh, Christian perfection and all that. He didn't believe. He even said he has not achieved it. So. I'm confusing you. Leave it be. Uh, those of you that are going to become deep, we'll enjoy ourselves in the future. Don't worry. We talk deep things. Let's keep it light. Lighter. I want you to know that there's freedom in stage. Jesus said to them, they said, we are not in bondage. These were believers. He told them, well, you are in bondage. In bondage to sin. They're believers, but they're in bondage to sin. Say, he that is a slave to sin. The servant of sin. There's a limitation. So you find yourself, if you were here, not here on Sunday, the second service, get the message. Absolutely get the message. It's slavery. You're a slave to sin. It, it, well, so again, some things can't seem, you can't seem to break free of it. Yeah, because you're a slave. Literally. You're in a, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, some people don't like hearing the truth. There are people you like being lied to. So you go, let me, okay, so if I am wrong, why is it after that, how many of those meetings have you been to where they, they, they boosted your confidence, you left, you said, finally, Karada, three days, how many times, how many times, let's stop it, I was speaking with a servant of God the other day, I was talking about how, you know, Colossians 2 and all that, how we, we don't, I have never told anybody go and fast for three days. I've never, I've never done all the normal things people say do. But I've seen more people get saved from the power of sin than, and very many preachers have seen, than very many pastors have seen. Without, do you notice we didn't go through complicated three days, seven day fast, and all that, and all sorts of things fell off all over. How did it happen? That's what the Bible means in Colossians. So when he says it's not through voluntary torture of the body, false humility, all sorts of things. No, 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 no. So you see people do it. Go and they fast for 21 days to break the power of masturbation. And continue next week. <laughs> Did I just lie? Or you don't know anybody? We are very honest Christians. God's the house. If I keep asking, they'll raise their hands. I say, how many of you? They'll raise their hands all over here. Very honest with you. Why don't I ever do? How come we enjoy such a high rate of liberty, freedom, without... If you've noticed, those that have been around for any length of time, notice how, without any forced fast, this, that, dry or wet. None of that. How? The scriptures tell you, but there's always this thing, human beings, it's called self-righteousness. You come up with your own methods. Your methods will always fail. So it doesn't matter how someone tries to boost your confidence, stir you up to just believe. It's not, that's not how it works. You're, you're using your roots. You're, you're carving a road for yourself. You should go and find the ancient paths. There's a way. Don't come up with your own. If you come up with your So to be a slave of sin, that's, you know, you come running. If 
sin seems to have control over you consistently, repeatedly. It doesn't mean you're not justified, washed by the blood. You're just, you haven't broken out of your prison. You are free from shackles in your prison. But you're still in your prison. Do you have Acts, uh, sorry, Isaiah 61 there? Or, or leave for any of them. Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up who? The brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to the prisoners. Have you never wondered? Why? Is it not the same thing? No, it's not. I just told you. There's a big difference between liberty for captives and freedom to prisoners. If not, why is it said? This is the calling of Jesus, not just to set captives of the kingdom of darkness free, but also to free prisoners. A slave was a prisoner. A slave could not stand up. Hey, look at me. Go back to John 8. A slave, did they walk around within where they were serving in chains? The slaves were chains. Were their hands free? Did they go to the market? Did they send them to travel and go and bring my son a wife? Did they move up and down? Were they free? They were in prison. I hear me. Mm, the, 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 under Roman law, if it's, you caught a slave, well, again, you might die horribly. So, you just not escape. There were laws. The laws created the prisons. The laws created the prison. When they catch you, say, where are your papers? And you don't have papers. It means you are, you are a slave that ran away from his master. You could suffer a very terrible fate. You have to have letters of freedom. If you think that's too far, Roman times, then let's go to United States of America before the Civil War, which, by the way, was a fight to free blacks, mostly. Blacks, pretty much. White people fought white people, fought their cousins and brothers to free blacks. So when you're busy hating all white people, know that you're quite foolish. They shed their blood to free your forefathers too. No, you always see people one extreme or the other hating racist. They leave them! All of them are racist. They shed their blood to free black people they did not know. They fought, they died. They died in thousands upon thousands to free you. The ones that enslaved you were fought by their relatives. It was one group of people. They fought them. No, you will free these black people. The whole mindset then was like, why, why are you fighting for? What's your business? How? These people are our slaves. But back to why I took you there. The slaves. If you escape, sometimes they found free slaves. Slaves that had been freed by their master and sold them right back into slavery. It was the most horrible feeling. It was the most terrible feeling. Because you have to sh you show your papers, see I was free. Imagine how carefully they kept those papers. But Christians, we've come, number one. One lie after, you know why you need to study the Bible and listen to people who understand scriptures? You know why you have to be in Bible studies, personal and corporate? Because it's supposed to lead to freedom. Freedom is not, freedom makes all the difference. Be ignorant. Okay, maybe they freed you. You're free. Here is your freedom. Your emancipation. Yay. I'm free. 
I know it inside me. Then you tear it and throw it into the fire. You're finished. You were free for five seconds. You're back. <laughs> you just don't know yet, but you soon know. You'll be very soon. You'll be walking on a cotton plantation again. You know, slavery was very bad because uh, uh, in the way it was practiced in many places. You know, and that's not long. That's barely 300, 200, 300 years ago. You know, people can be free walking around hands and feet, walking on the farms, but they are not free. They are imprisoned as long as they were here in in, in those places. And before you get all self-righteous, I've told you, the people that sold the slaves to them were your brothers. Eh? They cut them here, sold them to them there. Okay? And came home with a mirror and dry gin. So, everybody is bad. Hmm? Don't be self-righteous. Don't mind those white people. No, who gave the white people you? No, it's them that entered and shot the gun sometimes. But most of the time, that's not what happened. You just travel from Calabar side up, or Ikarabasi side. Uh, you went in and caught some Igbo people. So, does that make you angry? How does that make you feel? I like to be a psychologist. So, how does this make you feel? <laughs> okay, okay, make you talk, talk, talk. All right, that'll be two hundred dollars. <laughs> Thirty minutes. Talk nonsense. You pay, you pay them money. Hey, pastors, uh, pastors have suffered. Nobody pays me money in spite of all the talk I listen to. Listen, freedom. According to Jesus, how you know you're still in a prison is sin. Nobody says you were not set free from captivity. But someone should probably tell you that you're still a prisoner. If you are. Now what sanctification does is that it breaks you out of prison. Does that mean you never sin again? No, that's not true. It just means that sin does not control you doesn't have dominion over you. Come here! You come running. Go here! You go. Sit down. Stand up. Don't go. I said don't go. I said go. You know, you're not under its dominion. Now, you did not eradicate sin. Sin did not die. That will not happen in this age. Are you hearing me? It won't happen in this age. It can't happen in this age. Sin will not be eradicated even in the next age. If you are here at the end of the Sunday meeting, someone asked me some question. Was it Sunday? Second service. Sin. How do I know? Because the Bible says they will surround the holy city to attack it. So they will still be sinning. It says Satan will be released and they will follow him again. So sin is still around. There will come a time when there will be no sin anymore. But that's outside of our, outside of your Bible. Said, no, no, in the Bible they said the city. You didn't hear outside that city are dogs and sinners. And so it's still around on the earth. Uh, there's a new heaven, new earth. That's a whole other business. I've told you your Bible doesn't cover it. 
we like to talk about it like no once it's over here no for eternity it, this is a lie we say things that is not to <laughs> say once jesus comes pa is over and nope not at all jesus is the king of the ages ages your bible says world without end no that verse is age upon age not world you're seeing every word you have wrong you're seeing the wrong thing as you read the word you see words mean something so when people tamper with words they change meaning and that's a major reason people tamper with words to change meaning often the people that change the words they are usually up to evil there's no area of life other than the sexual one that has endless words to describe things because they must tamper with the words to succeed with evil you must tamper with words man woman must mean something else i was saying this thing years ago before any when everybody knew how to define woman i told you now what's a woman how many years ago starting in four five years ago i told you they'll tamper with the world they'll change it they'll change the meaning of everything they keep doing it it's purposeful things get lost when they are not defined so you better be around where things are defined you better define everything you better ask people to define things when they are speaking so what exactly do you mean by this please can i understand you ask it sincerely you'll be shocked what they mean a very popular pastor many years ago big pastor popular big at the time it was on time magazine's 100 most influential men you know and he said we are in support of love as long as it's love whether it's between a man and a woman or a man and a man and a woman and a woman oh wow that's what you mean by love yeah pro love is boy love map minor attracted persons that's what they are calling pedophiles now no no they've upgraded minor attracted persons maps you won't write it down you're acting like you need before <laughs> i'm upgrading your grammar in this place you can only learn bible I insist that you're learning more. Minor attracted persons. That's what they're calling. You don't know what a pedophile was either. That's why it doesn't mean anything to you, right? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Pedophiles are people who seek sexual gratification from little children. All right. Now, people may have fallen to that. Jesus forgives that too. But it's a terrible thing. You know, there are levels of sin. People act like it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. Go and listen to the messages from 2017-18. I beg you. Go and listen to them. Listen to former messages. Okay, but know that there are levels of wrongdoing. Fornication is a sin. Male, female, babies, consensual. You agree to do it. You're both sinners. You're in trouble with God, but still, you agree. It can never compare with having sexual activity with a younger person who did, does not know what you're even doing. It's not the same. You don't say, no, no, sin is sin. Sin is sin. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. All those careless ways we speak. That's how the devil stands and tells you, you have already done it. 
do the sin is sin. Finish though. You didn't read your Bible that the consequences of sin differ. Even if it's sheep, you stole. You stole someone's sheep. Exodus 22. You stole someone's sheep. If it's in your house and they find it, you return two. The same sheep, if you have killed it and eaten it, you return four. You still think sin is sin? Okay, I agree. Sin is sin. Consequence is different. Consequences are always different. Always different. Consequences. Smoke is smoke. Mm -mm. There's smoke that makes your mouth smell bad. Then there's smoke that knocks your head. Like an engine. And you come out and say to your mother, Babe. <laughs> Benson and Hedges can never accomplish that. The cannabis, otherwise known as Igbo, sometimes known as weed, also marijuana, also ganja, Mary Jane. Be there. You think you're the only sinner? See you. You never know anything yet. Loud. What about slow? Slow is cocaine? No. Oh, codeine. Codeine, okay. Okay, stop. The OE is gone. <laughs> Alright, so if you're sitting out here and you're feeling uncomfortable, I hope you're feeling very relaxed. <laughs> you're amongst <laughs> friends. <laughs> it's not all of them that they didn't read, you think they read it from a book. <laughs> Experience speaker. Listen. You don't say smoke is smoke, you don't say drink is drink. You understand? You can finish a whole bottle of certain drinks and go home walking. <laughs> a bit unsteadily here and there uh, walking then there's drinks that you take a small amount and you are carried home <laughs> it's over there are things you sniff and well your mind seems sharper you almost feel prophetic <laughs> then there are things you sniff and you wake up in the gutter <laughs> in fact Sin is sin. Sin is sin. Consequences of sin are not the same. You don't plant pepper and come back two years later. Uh, three, looking for it. No, no, no way. Plant coconut and travel abroad. Come back ten years later. It will be waiting for you. What the sin you sin, huh? What is sin you sin? I'm a slave to sin. Tell sin master, eh? I'll only sin this one. I'll sin this one. I'll not sin this one. Because after you are gone, after Jesus has saved me, you're still looking for me. Huh? Coconut tree did not fall down because Jesus saved you. Yeah, keep boom. That's what your preachers teach you. They lie you. Jesus saved coconut tree. No, no, no. Very rare. Coconut, they stand. Satan meant it for evil. God will use it for good. The coconut will fall on the heads of your enemies. <laughs> God will work all things for good, okay? Yes, that child you had out of wedlock 
can become wonderful and take care of you and do wonderful things and show you kindness, show you grace, and show you, you know, assist you in different ways. And but there are other things you do that ah, I didn't say God has not forgiven you, but so never allow Master Sim while he's still calling the shots to push you too much. I've heard of people come out of darkness and they say that even when they're in darkness, they could never cross certain lines. And I used to find it interesting, you know, they were never involved in a human sacrifice. Yeah, you hear certain things. Satan tries to push people deeper and deeper. You know, the devil tries to push people deeper and deeper because he knows that if he can push you deep enough, you'll get into enough trouble. He knows that. You must not allow for that to happen. You must not allow the devil to, you know, uh, make you cross boundaries. But listen, I'm not saying if you cross them that God won't show you mercy. I'm not saying that if you cross them, God will not show you kindness or show you forgiveness. But I am saying that uh, that tree standing there, you see, if it was a purpose in you planted, it will wither and fall away. But if it was another, you know, certain other kinds of sins you planted, it will yield fruits that is a bit strong, which might be uh, quite negative. Is this clear? The Lord's thoughts towards us are thoughts of peace. They are not evil thoughts. They are thoughts that will result in good for you. I want to show you something. You may have heard it before, heard it at different times, but let me still show you. The book of Revelation chapter 2 verse 26, put it up, 26 and 27. And to the one who overcomes and continues in my walk until the end, I will give authority over the nations. Go back. Keep it out. Let me see it clearly. Everyone, follow. We are going to be fast. To the one who overcomes and continues in my walk, read with me, until the end. So this person began, but also continued. For how long? For a good while. Until the end. Take note of it. I mean, I've heard a huge emphasis on how that you can start, that you can never lose certain things you found. Who has ever, who has ever found something they have lost before? And lost it again? You're still looking for it. Can you get something that you really wanted? Do you ever want a phone, seriously? Get it? Lose it? 
Sometimes it wasn't your fault, sometimes it was yours. Yes? yes. Left on top of a car, yes? <laughs> you know how fun. Huh? I once left a phone on top of a car. That should comfort some of you. It might be my first smartphone. I bought it at Computer Village, Otiba, by Keja on that bridge. <laughs> Do you think I know where I'm talking about? <laughs> Are those guys still sell in the middle of the... Okay, none of you actually know Computer Village. I asked a question now. Okay, your family used to drive past. They go inside, now it has a gate. I say, Are those guys still selling in the middle? They chase them. Did they ever sell a phone to you with fufu inside? <laughs> you think it's a joke? You see a full phone like this, you get home, you, you wonder why is it not coming on? <laughs> You try to check the batteries, fufu. <laughs> so what they showed is not what they sold to you. Anyways. So that was many years ago. 2006, 7, 8, whatever. So they... I forgot you on top of a car. It was a mistake. I was standing to talk with someone. I don't know if I drove it or who drove it. But someone called me and gave me the SIM card. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so the one who overcomes and continues in my work until the end watch I'm showing you the hope the future the Lord has I will give authority over the nations not through elections follow Nigeria is about to go to the polls soon other countries are going to the polls some weeks ago America went to the polls for Senate and other things, not, not presidential election, and different things. Sometimes leaders are picked like this in democratic or purportedly democratic countries. The way people get authority over nations now, especially since democracy became a thing somewhere here, ever the Magna Carta, somewhere in the middle of this space. So when they start saying the people should decide, the people, the UK, the people, the people, as opposed to monarchies which had existed, where a king, aristocracies, the ruling class, then the people start having a say. The people, the people, the people, the people, the people. Then America became the bastion of democracy. Where the people, now France, Montesquieu and the rest may have pushed it. Government of the people by the people for the people. You know, yes, 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 yes. We decide, we decide. Get rid of that. Lead. Somewhere here. Till now, it seems like the only kind of government. And you guys act like it's the only kind. When it's just this, just day before yesterday, that's when they started this thing. All of before then. Nah. So, this experiment has been running for a while. Is it working? 
Okay, that's not the discussion. See, I can go distracted in any direction. Let's focus. Where we are, it hasn't worked too well. Let me just say that much. There's a lot of oppression and deception in the name of democracy. A lot of it. Does your laptop have Kaspersky? Do you know Kaspersky? Do you know McAfee? Antivirus. You know it was someone's name? Do you know a human being was called McAfee that owned the company? But you've seen McAfee pop up. Do you know McAfee ran away somewhere from America and said they want to kill me? Who knows? Oh. If you do this, now it seems as if I have knowledge. Like, <laughs> now if I, I thought you knew, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. Do you know McAfee said they want to kill me? Do you know McAfee died <laughs> the next day or two or three after I said they want to kill me? American government wants to kill me? Around your lockdown, this was happening. It's not, you, th you think I meant when I was a child? No, day before yesterday. No, 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 it just happened while you're walking around using McAfee. He said they'll kill me all. Then he coincidentally killed himself. He said, if they say I kill myself, it's a lie, oh. Then he killed himself. When you go home, go and look at it. I wonder who killed him. Maybe he killed himself. You know, when someone sends a message and say, Hey, someone sent a message, one of these guys, and he said, I'm going to end like this. They want to kill me. The CIA and Mossad, they want to kill me. They want to kill me. Four days later, they found him <laughs> with his clothes, everything on, dead, with his wallet in his pocket. Maybe he went swimming in his clothes. Democracy. Government of the people by the people. Have you heard of Patrice Mulumba? Lumumba. Have you heard of people of Congo, different countries? Angola? Have you heard of wars? Have you heard all those countries have? Uranium, diamonds, with big democracy, counting countries, owning it inside there. Weapons appear in people's hands to fight people. Things are done so splendidly. You wonder how was it done with these local people? They did this. Mm -mm. Sometimes democracies don't believe in democracy at all. Just don't join and do that foolishness and say Nigeria. Nigeria. Just stop. Don't say it where I am. Because all the people you admire, you don't know nothing. Democracy is man making an attempt. I've told you democracy is not spiritual. Again, when was that sermon preached? Go and listen to it. 218. Democracy. They should say democracy because there's a lot of demons involved in the craziness. I'm serious. The best kind of government is the one that was practiced in Israel, that God intended to practice in Israel. Are you listening to me? It's called a theocracy.
but it also appears like an aristocracy or a monarchy. A theocracy, like that was the amended version. A theocracy is the rule of God. They are leaders, human leaders, heads of the tribes, elders. They are leaders in every tribe. You take matters to them. It was kept simple and it's based on the laws that God gave. Do you remember when we were praying that God is the lawgiver? God is our king. God is our judge. He will come and save. Isaiah 33 verse 22. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. It is he who will save us. Do you see who will save you? Do you know why you complain and murmur endlessly about government? Because you made human beings your judge. You made human beings your legislature. You made human beings your executive. But the scripture says the Lord is our all these things. How many of you want the Lord to be all these things to you? Good. Now you're not going to see the fullness of this in this age. You have to wait till the next. And God right now is running interviews for the people he will appoint to execute this for him. That is what Christianity is about. Not to go to heaven and walk around with your flute because you like flute. Give me apple. <laughs> me, I prefer avocado. All of them juicy and big. And you're walking around heaven. No. <laughs> Twenty years later. A <laughs> hundred years later. <laughs> You might even start singing. Uh, because it's boring. It's very boring. So I made it, again, I don't preach on it much now, but in the early days, when many of our people came first, I had to spend a lot of time abusing the common notion of heaven and the future. Now I take it you should know. If you don't know, go and listen to the former messages. Listen to them. I often spoke about it because I had to disabuse your minds. That boring picture of people walking around doing nothing. All wearing white like this. Like this, my Jalabia. See my Jalabia? He gave me in Abuja. I need to go to Abuja again. <laughs> Maybe it'll be another color. This is just the second or third time I'm wearing it. I miss it. It's a nice, comfortable thing. I hear it's ridiculously expensive. A piece of white material. Or any color, it's gray or blue or whatever. But the material is very fine. Are you jealous? <laughs> it feels very costly. I asked the price, they said, ah, this thing you're wearing, this thing might be up to what? What did they even say? 20,000, 40,000? They said there's even the one that's 100,000. I said, why? <laughs> why? Why is it? <laughs> okay. As long as I didn't buy it. So, the Lord is our judge. Listen to me, people of God. The Lord wants to be judge, the one who makes decisions. The Lord wants to be king. But he uses people. He tried it in Israel, a holy nation, peculiar people. 
special possession. They felt woefully. They didn't have internal power. They were not justified and they're trying to live sanctified. He was trying to prove to man that in you, that is in your flesh, dwells no good thing. Romans 7. When he proved it, remember this was a shadow of things to come. The substance is Christ. Then he brings the Lord Jesus and shows us how the proper order is. The change starts from inside. You're washed within and cleansed, purged, forgiven, accepted in the beloved. Then and only then can you now pursue sanctification using what? That same law. The law is holy. The word holy is sanctified. The law is good. The law is spiritual. Say, no, no, the law is all natural things. Mm -mm. As natural men see natural things when they look at the law. Spiritual men see spiritual things. So the pure things are pure. First Corinthians 2. He that is spiritual judges all things, but is judge of no man. The natural man cannot distinguish, no, discern the things of the spirit. That country did not allow the Lord to rule over them. So he told Samuel, okay, fine. Since they want a king like other nations, even though I told them they were a chosen nation, a holy nation, set apart nation for me. They chose to be like other nations. Give them a king and he gave them Saul. He said later, I gave them a song, a king in my anger, I took him in my wrath. That was man achieving his will. God now said, let me show you what I can do if I choose. Even if I'm going this your way. The thoughts I have. These were the thoughts I have. I had a David in mind. His name is Jesus Christ. But let me create an ancestor for him. And he gave David. Are you listening to me? He gave a David. And David illustrated what it means to have a humble heart while being very powerful and invincible. Every enemy he fought, he conquered. But also he was still a very humble person very humble in his day. You don't hear him oppressing God's people. Why? He was taken from what I'm sorry, I'm not giving you scriptures. I'm paraphrasing or quoting them, but go search them out. They are real scriptures. I've quoted, I've referred to a bit. You know, he was taken from following after the sheep, the ewes, heavy with young, you know, and God took him and he cared for the people of Israel with the skill of his hand and the integrity of his heart, which is what God is looking for. Skill and integrity. But Jesus put the order right. First, clean the inside of the cup. The outside will be clean also. So you focus on the inside. Why Jesus came and they expected the Messiah to come and conquer Rome. And he came and said, if they slap you on this side, turn the other side. All his focus is, I want to clean you inside up. First of all, inside. And that is why you've passed through hardship in this life. Because it's through the blows, that wound, that a man, innermost being, is cleansed. Is this in the Bible? Huh? You're not sure it is. Please, give me that scripture in the book of Proverbs. Blows. Blows cleanse you. Blows. They cleanse you. The blueness of a wound. <laughs> King James is very interesting. 2030, book of Proverbs. The blueness 
of a wound cleanseth away evil. So do stripes the inward parts of the belly. Give me another the other translation again. PSB lashes and wounds scar. You know what it means to scar when you're scrubbing a pot dried rice when they cook rice and you put water inside and you're trying to scrape off that thing that's scouring <laughs> lashes and wounds scour evil and beatings cleanse the inmost parts hear me you think that all the difficulty and pain and sorrow you have suffered is wickedness but a lot of it is to show you your wickedness and your evil the way you react to it. What Joseph's brothers did to him could have brought out a monster from him. Or it could bring out the beautiful Joseph we all know and admire. Who ended up what? Ruling the nations. Did the nations, the Bible says all the earth came to Joseph to buy grain. Have you read that before? It says all the world came to Joseph. Was Joseph ruling over the nations? Before he got there, was he beaten? with oppression, with injustice, with difficulty. Nobody likes this thing. But if you go through these things, hear me, and you go to God with this sorrow. Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. The Lord our judge, our lawgiver, our king, he will save us. He will heal you. The book of Jeremiah chapter 17 says, Heal us, O Lord, we'll be healed. Save us and we will be saved. Healing and salvation go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Go hand in hand. Being saved, sozo, is equivalent to being healed because you're saved or healed out of a thing, including sin. James 5 tells you, Confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Then he says, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. There's a walking that changes things. Pain is often involved. It, when you sit down and think of how people suffer in different parts of the body, world and you're thinking so much, what are you concerned about? The physical. That's all. The physical pain. What about emotional pain? That's psychological pain. That's your soul. Spirit, soul, body. Okay, what about spiritual pain and oppression? What makes the Father, God, cry? You think like a man but you have a spirit, soul, and body according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. There's more than one dimension where things are felt. And we often only care about the one we see. But you're specifically told not to walk by sight, but to walk by faith. Because the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are will last for the age. They are eternal, a union. They will continue. You and I are typically concerned about the present. And God is looking at us all the time and going like, don't you know this thing does not matter? This thing you're killing yourself about does not matter at all to me. At all. 
It is so temporary if you knew. It won't last more than in my eyes, four seconds. But do you see the other thing I'm trying to push in? Oh, that one is going to last for 40 years, spiritually. Why would I be more interested in your extremely temporal engagements? When there's this, I'm a spirit. I know the end from the beginning. Everything I do is good. So Joseph, enslaved into slavery, you shall go. We need to clean you up inside and out. There's a long-term destiny about to be accomplished. Someone needs to take care of my people, Israel. Prophecies have to be accomplished. And you are the best guy. I've looked at your family like he looked at the family of David and said, leave this one tall and handsome physically. I've rejected him. This one I've rejected. Seven of them have rejected them. Don't you have any other son? And they brought David small and cute. Ruddy, cute. A boy. Ah! The Lord's anointed is before us. Not by sight. Not by sight. Not by sight. Not by sight. When you're told not to walk by sight, it's not just words. It's real. Decisions by sight. Which one should I pick by sight? Who should I go with? What should I read? What should I do? How do I raise this? By sight, by sight. Where do I live? Where do we move to? By sight. You make by sight decisions. You end by sight consequences. Because you did not care about the great spirit. You did not care about the spirit. You claim to worship God. God is a spirit. John 4 says. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit. He didn't say you may. He said you must. You want to worship me? It must be in spirit and in truth. I am a spirit. So my decisions are made spiritually. To be carnally, physically minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. You want life and peace? Every day we come across people. They want life and peace. How do you make decisions? Are you spiritually minded? And they go, no, well, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not all these spiritual people. Then why do you want peace or life? Oh, that's what the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8. is a condition for peace, life and peace. You must be spiritually minded. So, <laughs> I don't know, I think you're looking for an impossibility. Tell me again, why did you come to see me? You want life and peace, but you are not spiritually minded. Can't happen won't happen there's a tree of life eve you may eat it and all the trees of the garden listen when god showed me this twin something years ago that there were two trees only one was banned they could eat the tree of life there's no time they were not allowed to eat it until they ate the other one then they were banned because those trees don't combine well they were not once, only one tree where they told not to eat from. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Instead of going to live under the tree of life and look at it and stare at it and eat it and give to your husband to eat. She went to the one tree they said don't eat. Because once we hear don't do something, it always becomes extra attractive. You know what that is? If you say it is the sin nature, where did Eve get it? It's called limited authority. Have I told you about it? Freedom to walk around free. Huh? She was free to if they had locked that place, we should have been near it. And we love freedom so much. 
Maybe you are not ready for freedom. Maybe we should allow the lawgiver, the king and the judge to determine things for us more. Because you might not be able to handle even freedom. Satan is going to be missing for 1,000 years. And when he comes out, people will follow him. The Bible says there will be as many as the sand on the seashore. Have you not read Revelation 20? Satan will be gone. Ha Satan. It's a title. It's not a name. The Satan will be gone for 1,000 years. You'll be locked up. One angel will do the locking up. Not a host. One. All of you that get mixed up about how God does things. You think, you think, you think when Jesus comes and chooses to produce food through breaking bread, does anyone have bread here? You think that's the only way bread comes? When he says fetch water and put in this pot, you think that's the only way wine can come supernaturally by being water first? It doesn't need to be here at all. When Elijah slept and woke up, he didn't keep an empty cup and plate. So when he woke up and there was bread and what a uh, drink there for him, he, he didn't help. They brought it straight from where they brought it. God does things purposely in different ways. So all of you are always asking the Lord, why do you allow this happen when you can do this? Because God is not boring. He loves diversity. Jesus is told by a man, some people, there's a centurion, very nice man. He has helped us a lot. His son is sick. Another says seven, you know, come and he said, let us go. The man says, just say the word. You don't need to come. I'm a man under authority. I understand how it works. I have people under authority to say the word. You'll be healed. Jesus said, wow, I ain't seen this kind of faith in this time. Go, your son is healed. So Jesus, wait. If this man had not said something, I believe I've walked on your leg down to his house now. Jesus, is it that you like walking around? <laughs> what do you think the answer to that is? Not necessarily. People get tired. But you see, you must, God is not like you. All of you that think, God, again, God is boring, wearing white, walking around, everybody walking around, holy, holy, holy. How many renditions can you sing in 1,000 years? You run out of styles. When your voice is flawless, angels are doing backup. You even got a seraphim to join the other time. No, that's not how the future is. I want, I want to show you a little of the future. You see, what is, has been, what Ecclesiastes 1 tells you. What has been, will be. There will be a holy nation. There will be kings and priests or a royal priesthood on this earth. They will rule as kings as judges, as lawgivers, all rooted in God's original plan that he tried to work out with Israel in the flesh that fell to bits because they had a heart of stone and you need a heart of flesh to do God's will. Now, through Jesus, the heart of flesh is restored through the sprinkling of clean water, which is why you can't listen to dirty water preaching. There's something like that. And people have been picked, given the spirit. You gave your life to Christ. 
and are being interviewed and put through a process for something. And what is that? We were looking at Revelation. We are being positioned, Revelations 2, 26, 27. 26 and 27. And to the one who overcomes, what? Sin. How do you know? Read all of Revelation chapter 2 and 3. It tells you at the end of the seven churches, he will list what is not right or what is difficult like persecution or sin or defilement. And he will say to those who overcome in this situation, you don't join and be defiled. You don't join and bow down. You don't join the synagogue of Satan. You don't join. You don't join and defile your garments. At the end of each of his injunctions, he will say, to him who conquers or overcomes or comes out victorious, depending on your translation, I will give. And he made seven promises to the seven churches. It doesn't matter how harshly he rebuked the church or how much he praised them. It ended with one thing. You must overcome. Overcomers are different from believers. We call them the first fruit, the bright company, the overcomer company. You see it here. For those of you, sometimes you look at this, maybe you're just visiting, you don't understand this. These are not empty words. These are the guys that go up in what you call the rapture. They will go up. And they are the only ones that go up. Because only the ruling class hears the first trumpet, Numbers 10. There's another general assembly. It, Numbers 10 tells you, in the shadow of this which was to come, it tells you, make two silver trumpets. When you blow one, the leaders will gather to you. When you blow again, there's no blowing again until 1,000 years later. Revelations 20. Then the rest will gather. There's a reason they say, I heard it said, that Pastor Adeboye said years ago, some of you may have heard it, that he saw, out of the millions of people that gathered for Holy Ghost Convention, that he saw only six people. Who has heard this before? Who heard Pastor Adeboye said this? It's not me that said it. Only six people. Does that mean only six people in redeemed were born again? No. We are not discussing born again. I don't think he understands this thing I explained. There are very few people. They are, I don't know. <laughs> I've almost met none who understand what I just told you here. But it's all in the Bible. First batch. It says when the two trumpets are blown, then the rest of us. So the Bible tells you that at the end of a thousand years, all the dead, including those that are in Hades, what you call hell, came out. It says the sea gave up the dead. Hades gave up the dead. And it says whoever's name was not in the book of life, because the book of life was open here too. There's no need to open the book of life here. They won't even call you. You didn't hear me. These are those who overcame. These ones, the Bible tells you in verse 4, that Revelation 20, that blessed and holy, blessed, happy, and sanctified are those who partake in the first resurrection. 
He says they will rule for a thousand years. This is why you are here now. Hello? I got born again. So when I die, I'll make heaven. You're mixed up. Now look at the kinds of things that the church, the body of Christ, lost. Things that are plainly in the Bible. Now every, I'm giving you chapters. Go and read them. Make your own notes. See if you see anything different from what I'm saying. But why is it so scarcely understood? Oh, because the devil has succeeded splendidly in blinding us. Usually with idols. Number one thing that makes you not know what is happening. Idols. Money. Marriage. What else? Just stuff. Power. But the Bible tells you that these guys... In, Revelation 5 verse 10, he says they will rule on the earth. Jesus said it directly over and over again. They will rule with me. He kept saying it. He kept saying it. He kept saying it. He said, Peter looked at him. What will we have? We that have given up everything. Take note. Everything. Matthew 19. He said, those who give up everything in summary. They will, when I come back, not in heaven, on earth. Very clear, it's on earth. He was clear, the kingdom happens on earth. They will rule with me on thrones. So the Lord will be the judge. The Lord will be the king. He will give the laws. Democracy will disappear. Theocracy will stand by the king's appointees. The king's appointees. Which you, you, you all. I'm giving you a reason why you must, we must remove, not Buhari, but sin from the thrones of our lives. We should take all the energy we have used to fight people and fight things. To fight sin. Remove it from the throne of your life. Remove it. If you can remove it. One day. You will be. A ruler. One day. You will be a king. One day. You will be. A lawgiver. You will dispense law. Have you ever read. The book of Isaiah chapter 2. When it says the nations of the world, the pictures we have in our mind of Christians walking around alone on this. Well, okay, we don't even have pictures of anybody on earth. All our pictures are in heaven. It seems the people that have most popularized the future are the Jehovah's Witnesses. With their pictures of people on earth with fruits, with lovely green grass. Jehovah's Witnesses need to be born again. Yeah. Why do you criticize them? You, heaven. But they are more correct in that than you. If it's in the Bible, why don't you know it? Oh, because you don't read your Bible. You follow men. That, that's what Christians do. They follow people. You follow people. You don't follow scriptures. You don't follow God. You follow people. Your favorite preacher. That, listen to me. I knew all these things as a Pentecostal. At least, I started knowing. As far back as the 90s, I remember talking. 
I'm talking to a Jehovah's Witness. I'm saying things. As he starts saying, I'm completing it. I didn't read it from their books. I read my Bible. I said, no, I'll complete it. And I said, ah, and they used to like me briefly. Like briefly. Like me briefly. Because very soon I'm going to tell you I believe in prophetic. I'm not a cessationist. And you're going to have a problem. Uh, very soon you start saying our God is blind, dumb, other things. And I'll quarrel. When you have a God that does not talk, it sounds like an idol. Don't they say God does not talk anymore? Cessationists? They are not the only ones. God doesn't talk. Oh, in times past, He spoke. Now, He has given us the Bible. So He went dumb. The Bible is clear that idols are dumb. They don't speak. And they don't see. So we shouldn't see. So everything that happens to me should just happen. I can't see the future. I can't tell you something that is about to happen. Neither can you tell me. We just blindly live. So their eye, their gods cannot see. He does not hear either. He has told you what to do. That which was intended will come to pass. And people will rule with him as kings. This is basic Christianity. This is what Jesus told Peter when he asked him what's the benefits of giving up everything. You, what were you told? That you go to heaven at the end. In, let me say it better. You won't go to hell. You're even lucky. It's why when we want people to get born again, we threaten them with hell heavily. In the process, we mix in all sorts of things that came in between Jesus and today. You see this gap? As of now, we are struggling to catch up with things that were known at the beginning, between that early time when the Lord Jesus came in. The beginnings of when the Lord Jesus came. The, what the apostles preached. Within 100, 200, 300 years, if you know that most of what is taught as normal Christianity came from 300, 400 years after, a lot of what you believe is rubbish. Nobody believed it here. The apostles did not teach it. We are, so when you hear me say things here and you're like, wow, that's so different from what I said. What I'm saying was said here at the beginning. Number one, it's in the Bible. That's why we say it from the Bible, which was given here. Then in between, monstrous beings arose in the name of church. Did monstrous things, including killing physically, not just spiritually, so many people. All the way down here. Now, at towards this end, just in the last barely hundred years, things are coming back, coming back, coming back. Once in a while, you think you're the first person that has seen it. No, till you find one ancient book, they dig up one ancient record, and you see the exact same things were there. We always believed. Then lies came in. Are you understanding me? Now, listen to me. The Lord Jesus came to offer us an opportunity to rule and reign with him. You give us Revelations 5.10. Let, let, let's, 
and then Revelation 20 verse 4. So someone needs to know. And has made us unto our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. So people read this and assert that it is now. And most of you have heard it all your life. I'm a king and priest. God bless you. Just the same way you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Efficient. It's the same way. There's no other way. Are you a king and priest? King, where are your soldiers? Priest, where's your temple? How are you a king and priest? Huh? But did God say you are a king and priest? That, that's the question. Did he say so? When? It's not about what only. It's about when. So we love. It's a delightful atrocity. To be impatient. What did Jesus say? What did I show you in Revelation chapter 2? Him who over. Go back. To the one who overcomes and continues in my work until the end. I will give authority over the nations. Does that sound like a king there? Does it sound like who has authority over nations? Is it not leave priest out? Who rules over nations? Kings. When will people be given authority over nations? Is it at the end? Is it there? What is the qualification for being given authority at the end? Overcoming and continuing in in his work not your work so do you remember everything i was saying earlier on about making decisions i want to travel here i want to do this i want to do that i want to achieve this i want to achieve this whose work is that all right so i'm not saying you can't be a christian and run after all sorts of things i'm saying you can forget being a king and a priest it is impatience and it's a lack of understanding and while many people might be sincere, but it's also irresponsible not to pay attention. I believe all these things, I've talked about them too. But everyone ought to be growing. You have to stop being a child. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 about our childhood phase. And it is clear that God wants us to grow. How can we stay in the same place? If they didn't understand certain things shortly after Jesus died, within the first hundred years. Paul was writing the Gospels in the year 60-something A.D. 60 something jesus died about 30 something AD. 20 30 years later what you call your bible till about 90 something AD was being written john this content of what you call the new testament added to this these other ones existed what you call the old testament already and then they took within the next couple of hundreds of years and compared and agreed these are the ones we think are inspired by the holy spirit the rest well we are not saying good men didn't write some some are absolute fakes but uh, uh let's go with this 66. i believe god led them because on the golden candlestick are 66 petals 66 exactly on this golden candlestick the way god says it should be designed and the word is a lamp and a light and the word so each could represent a book of the bible if you come from this middle one count all of this there are 39 
you count here, there are 27. There are 39 books of the Old Testament, 27 books of the New Testament. There's all this supernatural stuff. And it signs and provides light. And Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, that you would be wise. It, you would be wise to pay heed to it like a light in a dark place. Until the day dawns. So there's a time, there's a season. This is what we've been given for now. A time will come. It will move on. When the new covenant is fulfilled, not promised, fulfilled, because the Christians walk around saying it's been fulfilled. It hasn't. It has been promised. It was inaugurated with the Lamb. When it is fulfilled, the Bible says no one will need to teach his neighbor. Nobody can say that now. Should I stop teaching? Are you guys fine? You grow by yourself. No need for me. Good. So the new covenant has not been fulfilled. It has commenced. Just like the old covenant was commenced, was not fulfilled. We mix the beginning of a thing with the end. But it tells us the end of a thing is better than its beginning. All these are signs of childishness. John, I'm your father. I have money. I'll buy you a car. When does John expect the car? John is three. Who knows when John expects the car? Dad is leaving for work. That's when he said it. Who knows why John is standing by the door? <laughs> by the way, Daddy was not lying. Daddy meant it. He promises to buy John a car. How many of you know Daddy does not mean now? At all. Huh? How many of you know when Daddy says, My son, this is your house. This is your house. Have you heard? Everything I have is yours. Have you heard? That when they find Sarah opening the fridge and sitting in front of me and eating things, and the mommy says, Sarah, what have you done? I'll be there. Daddy said everything. This house is my own. How many of you know Sarah is not evil? Just stupid. Question How long will Sarah behave like that? How long would John behave like that? So John, I tell you, this company, who does it belong to? Eh? Is it my own? Is it my own? Is it not for you? That John is not supposed to dress up and walk down to the company and say, oh, where are all the directors? Get out of here. <laughs> John with maturity should have understanding. That his father is speaking in the sense of eventually everything here will belong to you. Don't be responsible of something. This work I am doing, when I tell you do this and do that, is it because I dislike you or because I'm trying to help secure your inheritance? That's exactly why God puts you and allows you to go through things. He's trying to secure you an inheritance. So when you quarrel with someone that is trying to secure your future, and you want him to feel bad when it's you he's struggling for the inheritance is for us the method you must know I'm explaining the method the Joseph method the Daniel method lions fire difficulty physical, spiritual, psychological, all of it, if you see it 
as from the hand of God, who knows the end from the beginning, and you ask him in the midst of those fires and circumstances, Father, what would you have me do? You can even have a better right than Joseph. You can be less burdened. You may find yourself not telling people. Now, because we are human, we've all done it. Where you hint people. I remember when the Lord pulled me away from where I had been walking for nearly seven years. Good job, good position, good, good. Doing well. Many opportunities. Fine. Envy, envious, envied. They pulls me away. And then I begin to think, oh, I guess maybe he wants me to be do my own or whatever. And I'm here and there. And you know how you sing someone? I remember seeing a gentleman I'd seen at the airport once or twice, you know, because you cross yourself. You're traveling here or there, you know. You come across people who are coming in, could be from outside the country or moving from one state to the other, you know. So I'd come across him, you know, and he's always very nice, smiles and all that. And I remember amongst job opportunities I sought, I looked at and I went and I had this scripture from Isaiah 54. Wow, God have mercy. And it was burning in my heart, and God had been speaking to me about it again. Mandaga. And I enter his office. I call him. I go to see him. He's walking with he has an NG or something. And I remember how I used to see me and smile at the airport and say, ah, oh, and he's excited, you know, really white smile. I'm thinking he really likes me. Now that I'm free, I guess I could walk with him. And as I'm sitting in an outer lobby, there is that scripture that God has been shouting at me on a flex in his office. I'm like, huh. <laughs> Say confirmation. confirmation. And when I go in to start talking to him, he doesn't look very interested or very excited or anything. And his face looks so I say, well, this and that, more or less, I don't know what he was doing. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm saying he escorted me to the door not too 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 long after I got there he was busy he did not offer me anything or in any way act nicely or it was more of like eh? waiting concern Agbero with overload it looked like that the expression is and I realized uh oh oh this was not a confirmation of anything. I think God was telling me, Oga, go back to what I was saying. No matter where you run, this one is following you. And I didn't even get it. I wasn't being disobedient. I didn't understand. God was telling me, no, go into full time. In fact, I had stopped pastoring for two and a half years. I'd stopped. I, I forgot I was a pastor. I forgot I had been called. I, I forgot. It's a strange thing. But it, I, it's years later I, I thought, I don't even understand. When were you free? You paused. Okay, yes, you felt God stopped you in 2013 December. Did he stop? Do you, is that how God operates? So I had stopped and I stopped for two and a half years and I was too. In between, God is moving. He invite me somewhere. Go move more powerful than I've ever seen. It didn't occur to me that God is saying, Come back. I just kept being a member in a difficult church. 
<laughs> a pastor. He's speaking. He's trying to grab your attention. He's creating discomfort. There was a day I was sharing something and someone said, either you lie or it is not true. Openly. Wasn't sitting down, stood up and said it. And I remember taking my laptop and said, I'm going to my seat humbly. I didn't stay here. You know, some people, God has to beat you so hard before you ever hear anything. But if you form a habit of hearing and paying attention and seeking wise counsel, if you have access to it, sometimes it's very hard. My emphasis is on this, that the circumstances I faced till I finally got the point and it didn't come at once because we can be very dull and I obeyed and we re-began re this ministry helped me in different ways because God always means things for good the experiences the difficulty I went through asking God what are you saying when you say I should leave my walk where I'm walking what are you saying what are you saying I don't understand what you're saying that went on for months that I put in a resignation and my boss returned it to me I traveled for I was on my way on a work trip travel for two weeks where I came by gave it back to me I said what is this <laughs> and I stayed for June July August September and I wrote another one. I knew there's no need. He didn't bother. He knew when it's like that. It was a wise man. You, you know, you, you can't drag. I gave two months notice, not one. People had to be employed. People had to be trained. Things had to be handed over by a long stretch. In fact, even after two months ended, I still added days, trying to still tidy up things. And I left. I didn't still understand. Because that's how it is many times when you're obeying God. You may not understand. But you don't walk by sight. You just keep stepping out and believing. Things have been getting clearer to me. Four years later, I will understand something. Four years later, time will pass. I'm still understanding things. Walking by faith can be tough, but you will not die. Obeying God can be tough, but you don't stand the chance of being an overcomer if you walk by sight. Sight-led people will not rule with Christ because... The scriptures are clear that he does not judge with the seeing of his eyes or the hearing of his ears in Isaiah 42. But righteousness, that's what is right according to God's standards. That's how he judges things. He said, who is blind but my servant? Do you open Isaiah 2? Isaiah 2 tells you that the nations of the earth will come. Verse 3, and many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. Your future, your picture of heaven is distorted because this is earth. For the law will go forth from Zion. From who? From which individual on Zion? Say the lawgiver. The, law the law will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Next verse. Then he will judge between the nations. Say judge. judge. Are you seeing the lawgiver and the judge? 
and arbitrate for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer take up the sword against nation, nor train anymore for war. Right now, China has been training their people for years. They train the whole populace. A Chinese man created TikTok. China created TikTok. They use TikTok to train the children in useful things of life. How to do this, how to say this, how to, literature, arts, mechanical things. That's what TikTok is for in China. Then they took it and gave it to the West and you guys. The stupid challenge. <laughs> the naked challenge the pillow challenge where you're stuck naked you tie a pillow at least I saw that one long ago I saw one picture you tie a belt while being stuck naked you tie a belt the idiocy challenge the people who created it took it and showed you and that did anything you like here Mumus, hey, come China has been building their army they, they do drills nationwide sometimes. Food, they act as though there's no food. And people store food like what? It's practice. It's practice. China, Russia, different countries. They do all sorts of things. Getting ready as a nation. Discipline. They, they, they drill it into the whole country. Wow, you guys. Don't ever be stupid online. It's embarrassing to the earth. <laughs> Don't be stupid. Don't do stupid things. Taking off your clothes. Posting nudes. What is wrong with you? If you can post nudes, then walk outside naked. Because you just did. You are naked outside. If you walk outside naked, how many people can see? It's not 30, 40, 50 people between here and where you're going. On the internet, how many people? 100 million? 200 million? So who, which one is more stupid? So they use the same technology to rot the brains of the people they are intending to conquer. America is the most powerful I mean, During the lockdown, China went from being, China became the strongest Navy, almost. America still has more aircraft carriers, but during lockdown, they're building ships. You think you're playing, you don't understand. They are teaching, nations are training for war, have been training while you're going to school. I didn't say you shouldn't go. They are training for war. It's not, I'm not playing at all. They are training for war. Actively. Not like on the side. Not even hidden. Are you telling China needed food or food was scarce when they have had 60% of all the world's greens? Do you understand what that means? You understand one country owning, holding, buying and holding, storing away about 60% of all the corn, wheat, flour, alone. They bought it from countries everywhere, produced it and stored them, bought it on and used and left it. Why do you think there's inflation worldwide? 
Do you think these are mistakes? What do you need? They can't eat it. They are not eating it. They are storing it. Nations are training for war. Left, right, and center, things are happening. The scriptures tell you that in this democratic season, these things will not be resolved. Why? Because they did not kill the spirits that were pushing Genghis Khan. You did not wipe out the spirit that drove Napoleon Bonaparte. You did not shut down the spirit that was pushing Julius Caesar. Demons don't die. Aris, God of war, is still moving around. You think all they are looking is for somebody to... Uh, what I think I tell you. War is what man does. They try to say, let's calm down and behave well. United Nations, League of Nations, it fails. United Nations, it fails. Because in between there, they will still fight. I've told you there will be a third world war. Why will you not see it? No, I didn't say you shouldn't go to school though. Go to school only. Focus. Go to school. Have, you see, listen, if you have a very big certificate, when a bomb is coming, you just do like this. As it's coming, pull out your certificate. I banish you. Go back, back. I'm qualified. I'm a PhD. Laugh, but you remember it. I didn't say you shouldn't laugh. It's better than crying. But you remember it. Oh, you remember? There will be war. You see, I didn't say locally, internationally, there will be trouble. Will be, China is not packing all those weapons to attack Nigeria. Mm -mm, mm -mm. The same vision George Washington saw of them winning the war of independence against the British in 1770s. The same vision, it's on record. Since then, he saw the vision that they won in spite of how weak they were and outnumbered. Then he saw another vision of a war over slavery. That's the civil war. He saw them fighting over blacks. Did it come to pass? A hundred plus, almost a hundred years. Yes, it came to pass. Then he saw a third war in which there were explosions on the East Coast and America was invaded by foreigners. It's just good to know. Now, have many other people seen things? Yes. But their first president that you know, George Washington, he wasn't really the first, but don't bother. He was the first president. It's okay. First officially recognized president. He saw three wars. Two have come to pass. The way he saw them. You think the third won't come to pass? Why will it not come to pass? Give me one reason. So all of them are where they run. Muna run well. Watch where you're running to. Don't sell all your land. You might need where to live. If you can make it back. You might need where to live. Oh. You might need where to squat to. I'll not let you squat in my compound. Oh. I have many church members. Run. Run up and down. Run. Can God take you out? Yes. Don't misunderstand me. I've spoken on these things in detail before. Can God send you out? Yes. I just told you about Joseph. Yes. God can send his children out. Usually sends them out to bring them back. Sends them for training, brings them back. Or he sends them to stay there to take care of other people when they come. These are the reasons. Like Joseph sent him there. He stayed there. Then he took care. He was the one to protect his people there in a season. Because God does 
move things. But eventually they came back. It's the nature of God. God can tell you, Isaac, go. In the land I will show you. And it takes you to Gera of the Philistines. But when the time ends, you have to come back. Is this clear? I'm out of time. And uh, I haven't taken a single question. No, nobody gave you a question. Two tiny questions. We are going to pray. But I want you to understand that the God who begins a good work in you is able to complete it, but he must be the one that completes it. Is this clear? You said one can be successful without money. How? In today's world, how exactly can one be successful without living in wealth and prosperity? With Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus. With Jesus. With God. All things are possible. possible. Is that okay? If you allow the Lord, he will provide all your need. For my God, he shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Is that okay? Mm. I'm not saying God may not use money to provide your need, but he doesn't need money to provide your need. When you make money your pursuit, what do you mean by wealthy and successful? I explain what success means. What is success? A successful mother is a woman that has a lot of money. A woman that puts to bed safely and raises her children and sees them. A successful teacher is a teacher that has a lot of money or a teacher whose students pass exams well. It's very easy to know what success is. So throw away your the empty Baal definition of prosperity. That definition, you, you got it from Baal. You don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. My favorite preacher, your favorite preacher got it from Baal. God of fertility. Yes, you don't know it. Spirits are powering the things you see. It is how the world runs. That you don't know it does not change it. Spirits are powering things. You can either allow the spirit of God to power you or the elemental spirits of this world found in Colossians 2. They will push, they will manipulate, they will attempt to control you. It is what they do. It is their nature. They've always contended for power. Why? Because you were created to do that. What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him? You have made him a little lower than angels and you have crowned him with glory. You have given him dominion over all the works of your hands. Is that all you found in Genesis chapter 1? Did I not just show you that God wants to rule and reign with people over the nations? But the demon gods, the Bible calls them Elohim. Tear your hell. They have been running the show. They have appeared to men. They have manifested power and people worship them. Have been worshipping from before when Jesus came. When he came, he exposed them for what they are. And there is a gradual takeover. We are here. Christianity is the mountain that will grow and fill the whole earth. This is what it is about. The retake over of that which was originally given to us, mankind. Is it scriptural to give or sow a seed to the church or person in expectation of a reward from God? There's a law called the law of sowing and reaping. He that sows sparingly to rich sparingly. You find this in Galatians chapter what six. You find in First Corinthians chapter 
9, you find it. Where else? 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. Go to those three places and you'll find most of what you need to know on giving. Alright? Are you doing it to get from God? Well, the truth is, don't be deceived. God is not more. What a man sows, he will reap. So there is things to reap when you sow. The question is, what did you sow? You believe you sowed money. You don't sow money. You sow kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness. Right? You sow humility. And you may reap humility. You may reap kindness. Because you sowed kindness. When you gave someone money, you gave a preacher money. So you will get money. Your heart is bad. When you gave a preacher money, because you should share in Galatians chapter 6. In every that let him that is thought. Galatians 6 6. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word must share in all good things with his instructor. Have you seen that? That is why you give to the preacher. Give another translation, they won't understand it. Maybe. But let him who gets teaching in the word give a part in all good things to his teacher. This is scripture. Are you hearing this? If you understand that you are to share what you have with the one who teaches you. It's kind of straightforward. It's not new. It's in the law. Deuteronomy 26 says, take. You're supposed to take of that which you were. It says of the first fruits of your the offering your, from your field, all that. And you're to, he said, take some of the best part. Then he talked about the offerings and even the tithe which was not just for the Levites, it was also for the orphans, the widow, and the stranger. The needy, in summary, you find this in Ephesians chapter 4, that you should give to the needy. And so those who teach are amongst those who need. Why? Because they are supposed to dedicate their time to teaching. While you are in the office, they should be studying the Bible. They should be learning so they can teach you. That's why God called me away from walking up and down so I can stay and study more so I can teach it it's simple it's why you go to a fridge repairer to repair your fridge instead of going to train yourself in repairing fridges it's not very complicated right but if you say the reason you gave him was so you get money you have been conned it's a very powerful and fast way of preachers making money you tell them that if they give you money you will have money back so they are not giving because they are a blessing to you and you're mutually benefiting each other. They are giving like you are an MMM scam or scheme, but it's a scam. Every attempt to make giving to a preacher a way of getting money is bad. If you're giving to God and not to get money, but because God either said give, I want you to take that thing and give now. You're giving in obedience. That's one way of giving. Another way of giving is, I should give. I should share with those who teach you. Another reason to give is because they told you there's a need. Then you give. I've given you three reasons for giving already. None of them is converting God into an ATM or a man of God. Say so anytime you give me money, something. No, no, no. But what about the testimonies I had? That's not what happened. God told you, go and give someone. He was trying to break you free from his spirit of poverty. He said, take that, your last money, give it there. 
Why? When this is my last money, yes. And as long as you walk by sight, holding on to that last money, you can't trust me. Your giving it was an attempt to kill your lack of faith in God for provision. And that's what happened. You had nothing. You sowed humility, meekness, and you ripped provision. You don't give money to get money because God does not collect money. The money has never left the earth. And can you apply Proverbs eleven twenty four that says he that scattered increasing? I've answered this already. Okay, generosity in giving. That's Second Corinthians chapter nine says if you give sparingly, you reap sparingly. Yes, if you're stingy, in other words, you trust God little. The Bible says the fruit of the spirit is faithfulness. So there's a fruit of the spirit called faithfulness or faith. All right, if you sow it, you reap too. So watch what you sow. Too many people sow the wrong thing. And that's why nothing has happened. You gave away your TV, you gave away your car, you've been walking for eight years. You didn't give it to God. Did God fail you? No. It wasn't to God. You've been scammed. I want you to stand to your feet. Let's pray a quick prayer. Can you lift your hands? Let's pray together. Say, Father, we thank you for light and understanding. I ask that you help me to walk in it. In the name of Jesus. You bless your children as they go. Amen. Bless their bread and water. Amen. Bless the work of their hands. Amen. And may they always remember that you wish them a good hope and future. Amen. Nothing else, nothing you allow or nothing you give them is meant for harm. I ask that anytime the enemy tries to come and oppress them and pretends to be from your hand, May he be exposed. Amen. Anything that is not from you, that the devil tries to foist on us. May nobody here accept anything that didn't come from your hand. Amen. Thinking it is the Lord, may they know the difference between good and evil. Amen. May they know the one that is the enemy. Let the enemy be exposed. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I ask concerning every offering, ask that you receive it for the glory and praise of your name. Amen. I ask that you replenish, provide every need. Amen. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org.